So I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump right in, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to learn and understand your word better. We pray that uh, you are glorified and that your voice is louder than ours tonight. We invite you in, Holy Spirit, to move, to speak, to activate, and to be with those who are here to learn. We ask this in your holy and mighty name. Amen. Hi. So um, I'm going to start tonight talking about uh, what is the prophetic. I didn't grow up in a spirit-filled church or a spirit-filled culture. I was a good old Southern Baptist boy. I know a lot of hymns, um, but it wasn't until I was 18 years old that I knew anything about spirit baptism or the gifts of the spirit. I grew up in a church that believed that the gifts of the spirit were dead, that they were for um, the Bible times. But now that the Bible had come, that we didn't need the spirit gifts anymore. Like that's what I'd been taught. So anytime I read that in the New Testament, I just chalked that up to, well, that was for them and not for me. So when I was 18 years old, my eyes just got completely opened. I was, uh, God had put somebody in my life that began to push me towards baptism of the Holy Spirit and spirit gifts and be able to pursue those things. Um, and so I didn't have any kind of context. So I did a lot of research, a lot of listening to messages and stuff. And so today we're going to kind of speak and try to hit um, a, a wide range so that if, if that's you and you go, you know what, I don't know anything about the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know what the prophetic is at all. That sounds kind of mysterious to me. We want to be able to help you to get a little comfortable with what that looks like so that the purpose of this is so that you can then go to your Bible and start to pray about and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And so what is the prophetic? I think a lot of times we, um, we think of the prophetic as prophecy, but the prophetic, the, there's a few gifts that actually fall underneath the the prophetic, and Becky's going to talk about that later, but real cut and dry, anything that's prophecy is going to be edifying, it's going to be uplifting, it's going to be scriptural, it's going to line up with scripture, it's going to be confirming, um, it's going to be uh, encouraging. Um, operating the prophetic should always strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Um, it should be building up. Um, I'll simplify it like this. When I was first learning about um, the gift of prophecy and the prophetic gifts, um, I was uh, given this illustration uh, in Psalms 139, 17, verse 17 through 18. The, it says this, it says, how wonderful and precious are your thoughts, O God, towards me. How vast is their sum. If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. So a prophetic word is an individual reaching up and connecting with God and grabbing one of those grains of sand to be able to deliver to somebody else. Um, and I like that illustration because it's important, the delivery, and we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. But if I have a grain of sand that's really precious, um, and I just throw it at you, like it could get in your eye, you know, it could be irritating. You could lose it if, if you kind of, if you don't have a lot of confidence and, and you don't deliver it the right way, you could lose that. You, you could fall out of your hands. And so that's really all that the prophetic is, is it's reaching up and agreeing with heaven, finding out what God's saying about somebody and then hand delivering that thing to an individual. And I think that that's, um, it's important that when you look at prophecy, you look at um, the Old Testament and then you look at the New Testament. Because as David said, it talks about in the New Testament, um, it's uplifting, it's edifying and all these things. But when you read the prophets in the Old Testament, um, it is rarely those things. It's um, you're about to be uh, in exile for 70 years or you're going to be in exile for 70 more years or all of these things um, are different. So we talked about the Old Testament prophets um, as I said, it's, it's different from what we have now. So 
back then there was a um, there was one mouthpiece, two if you count the king. But essentially, there was very few people that could say, this is God's voice. So this is what God is saying to everyone. So uh, uh, Abby doesn't get to hear the voice for me. Um, I'm the prophet. I tell you what God has said. And so now, um, obviously, that's different. So when the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2, they have what's called, uh, well, I call it the democratization of the Holy Spirit. So it went from one person having it to everyone having it. And so, um, and back then in the Old Testament, you, you died so if you were a prophet, if I said I'm a prophet, and then I say, this is the word of the Lord, um, and it wasn't the word of the Lord, you died. And uh, we don't have that anymore, praise God. And so, um, so that's, I think, the biggest difference. So when we talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament, we went from one mouthpiece and one person that are speaking the voice of God to now, we all have the Holy Spirit, we all... Uh, pray. We all talk to God. He talks to all of us. And um, prophecy has now switched from that one person to uh, multiple people. Right. I think that most times when people talk about operating the prophetic, they still believe it more to be in line with what we see in the Old Testament, that only a select few can do it. And if I try and I screw it up, then it's, I've ruined everything. Uh, I can ruin someone's life, and it's just it just seems so catastrophic. And that's just not the case anymore. So one of the things that we want to really kind of drive home for you is that if you can hear God and you can communicate what you heard, then you can operate in the prophetic. In other words, you can all do this. It's good. You don't need something special other than the Holy Spirit, but you can all do this. And we see evidence of that in 1 Corinthians 14.31. For those of you taking notes, that's 1 Corinthians 14.31. We won't have time to go over every single scripture tonight, so just go ahead and write those down, and then in your quiet time tomorrow, go over it and kind of review the scriptures that we've given you. Um, but communicating what God has said or has showed you is the act of operating in the prophetic. So it's the communication uh, component of what you've heard or been shown. Jesus said in John 10, 27, again, that's John 10, 27, that my sheep hear my voice. And in Matthew 10, 20, he said, it is not you who speaks, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So we can all operate in the prophetic, but there are steps that you need to take, which we'll explain in a few minutes. But what you need to know first and foremost is that all believers can hear God's voice, okay? And that is the main requirement to operating in the prophetic. It's hearing God. Because if it's not from God, then it's just wacky fortune-telling uh, or telling falseness. And the Bible calls people who speak on behalf of God without the Spirit of God as springs without water and mouths full of empty, boastful words that appeal only to lustful desires of the flesh. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be me. Like, I don't want to be a spring without water, and I sure as heck don't want to be a mouth full of lies and lustful desires. But I don't want you to walk away from that and say, well, that sounds dangerous, and I don't want to do that. I don't want God to call me that, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to operate in that. Uh, that's not God's best for you. So what I want you to walk away from this knowing is that if you have the right heart, and if you're truly seeking after God for this gift, then you have God on your side. 
The Bible also says that he will teach you and he will remind you of all things. He will guide you and speak to you and tell you what you need to know. We see that in John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And we see in John 16, 13, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. I do want to point out that in all the scriptures I just read you, uh, we do see one thing repeated over and over again, and that's the Holy Spirit. To truly operate and truly fully operate in this gift, you do need the Holy Spirit, and you get that from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about that more tonight, and then there's also going to be an opportunity at the end of this service to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but Becky's going to explain to you why the Holy Spirit is so important to this gift. Yeah, thank you. So um, we know just by reading the Bible that Jesus did not actually start his ministry until he was first baptized and then baptized by the Holy Spirit, which was the representation of the dove um, descending and coming down upon him. And then he also told his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until you have been um, endued with the power from on high, which was the Holy Spirit. So what Jesus was, was showing them was how important it was that they did not go about their ministry and he did not go about his ministry. And he's always our example until the Holy Spirit came upon him and came upon them. So with Jesus, again, always being our example, that's what we want to do as well. We need to um, know that although we can still follow the path of God, we can still do the right thing, we can still um, do what he's asking us to do, we can still hear his voice, but it's different when you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. You receive dunamis, which means dynamite. You receive dunamis power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, is what Acts 1 says. Um, is what Acts 1 said, which is what Jesus told his disciples. So um, again, at the end of the session, we will have opportunity for any of you guys who want to come down and pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, again, it's, it's a way to be empowered, to be able to walk out these gifts um, that we're about to teach you about. So um, we're going to talk, I'm going to tell you just a little bit, give you some examples of what these prophetic gifts are and um, specifically what they've been in my life. So the prophetic gifts are manifestations of the working of the Holy Spirit, and they are always, always, always in agreement with the scripture. Oftentimes, if you've had a negative experience, it's because they did not line up with scripture more often than not. So um, you can think of prophecy. I was taught, think of it like an umbrella. So you have prophecy, which is the umbrella, and underneath that umbrella is word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and then prophecy. And then often discernment of spirits and interpretation can also be a part of that as well. But um, I'm just going to hit those first three. So word of knowledge, um, well, I want to say this first. While the gifts are amazing to walk in, I've been walking, uh, I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit for about eight years now. They are, um, they're amazing to walk in. We want to make sure we're always pursuing the gift giver and not the gifts themselves. So in this, always pursuing Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God over, oh, I just want to be able to prophesy. That's not the point of it. The point of it is to pursue Jesus in it. Okay, so uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of a fact that is already true, present or past, possibly known by others, but is not normally known by the person who is giving the revelation, or you could say the word. So think of it like this. It's like a key that unlocks someone's heart and opens them up to God. So it's a word that someone gives you that if I were to give it to you, I would have no idea this was happening in your life, 
but I say it to you, and that word is the key that opens up your heart to be open to God. So uh, there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 14.25 that says, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among us. So that's exactly what a word of knowledge is. Oftentimes, whenever you give a word or if someone's, or if you've been given it, you say, oh my gosh, only God could have known that. Like, there's no way you could have, you could have ever known that. That's, the most oft, that's most often the response that people will give you. So uh, a real life example in, in mine and my husband's life, my husband's right here, Daniel. Um, we, um, seven years back or so, we were um, given a word by our spiritual mama and she said, you're gonna be walking into a new form of leadership. And little did she know that three days before that, we had taken on um, the leadership of a deaf camp in a foreign country, which later became our nonprofit organization, the Woodall Foundation. So that's an example of a word of knowledge. She had no idea we were given this opportunity. And here she is telling us, you're about to step into a new form of leadership. That word affirmed what we had already agreed upon, knowing, okay, this is God, because that only way which she would have known is if she heard that from God. Okay, so word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is the supernatural revelation of wise advice, direction, or knowledge for a future action. So wisdom itself is always future-oriented. Um, a word of wisdom is um, how to approach, uh, you, somebody might, you or somebody might give you a word of how to approach a certain situation that is to come, um, maybe known or unknown. It's an understanding of future action and application of knowledge and um, and how do you, it's basically somebody maybe giving you guidance or insight on how to approach a certain situation. So in my life just recently, I have, um, I was just struggling, just, I have three boys at home all under the age of four. And I was just struggling with just this discipline of like, how do I get my kids to like stop being rebellious? I mean, it was just, it was so, I was in a really bad place. And I said, Lord, I need your help. What, what, am, what am I supposed to do? And he led me to a woman in the church whom I trust and I see the way she parents. And I said, is there, any, is there any advice you'd give me? She led me to a book, which then now has led us the way that we parent completely differently, the way we discipline, excuse me, completely different. And so that in itself just shows that maybe God didn't give me the wisdom of exactly how to, how to start disciplining differently to kick that rebellion out. But he led me to a person who then gave me the guidance and the insight and the leadership I needed in order to fulfill what I was asking of the Lord. Okay, um, and prophecy, the third one. Prophecy is always futuristic in nature. So it's like, what is God planning? What is he preparing to come? Um, oftentimes, you know, you, 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 you basically know what even like worldly prophecy is. Um, so it's that same thing of like, oh, so-and-so will be president. You know, those are, that's worldly, that's, that's more worldly stuff. But we're talking, again, scripture-oriented, voice of God. What is he saying to us about our future, our purposes that line up with his word? Um, and so a, an example of prophecy in my life, again, was back in November of 2018, I had two little boys and um, I was in a worship service and I heard the Lord clearly tell me, you're gonna have a boy and then a girl. And he gave me the name of the girl. And here we are, I'm about to have a little girl. And I have, I had, so I had a little boy, I got pregnant with a little boy a week later, and then here I am with my girl. So that was prophecy. I, I sat down, I took time to listen to the Lord. He told me exactly what was to come. I had no idea, that wasn't my plan for sure, and not to have four kids under four, but it was his plan. And, and so that he was speaking to me prophetically, 
and um, about my future. And so again, he can do that for you. He can speak to you for yourself, and he can also speak to you on behalf of other people. And we want to make sure that we always retain what is good. So like I said in the beginning, maybe you have a negative experience because something you saw didn't line up with scripture, Uh, something you've seen in the charismatic movement or whatever, um, maybe it kind of gave you, made you feel weird or somebody gave you a, a word that just didn't sit right. So we want to make sure we always remember like the old covenant, um, the, uh, the old Testament, excuse me, that yeah, there were prophets that, um, they could die. They could have died if they gave the wrong word. But now we have to remember we have grace because of Jesus Christ and that we are human and people make mistakes and people might give you a word that doesn't sit right, but that doesn't make prophecy not real. So we want to make sure we retain what is good, and we're going to talk about how to um, judge those things, um, how to know that they're, they're good or not. So let's, so let's, we're going to use you as an example, Becky. When you say you're at a worship service, and then you were uh, worshiping, and then God spoke to you, just, what, what would you say that sounded like? Sounded like my voice, and it was peace. There was peace. And so, David... Does it sound, when you hear from God, is that, what does that sound like? Um, it sounds like your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think Katie's talking about this later, but sometimes I'll get pictures yeah. too. But I know because I've practiced, there's a lot of practice that's involved with the prophetic and all the spiritual gifts. That's why it's important to have good relationships where you can um, be open with each other. I know you're going to talk about that later, but, um, you know, I'll get a picture for somebody and I know that that's for them so that's kind of what as we get to like the practical side of prophecy a lot of times we say things like uh god said this to me um what we're not talking about is like an audible voice we're not talking about um like microphones from the sky we're talking about like i've set aside a time um i'm praying i'm talking to god and uh i just have a thought that is feels like god it feels like peace it feels like um love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self control. it feels like those things um, it doesn't sound like uh, wind or the earth splitting or any of those things that you've, you've sort of read. It's not, it doesn't have to be um, a big dramatic thing, which is not to say that it can't be a big dramatic thing. But um, generally the way I hear God is it sounds like I've set aside some time to hear God and then I, I, I hear God and I write it down. So as we're talking about like practical sides of prophecy, essentially, uh, Bible, go to Acts uh, 22, everyone. If you have Acts 21, verse 10 is where we will be. Um, so as we're thinking about prophecy in the process of it, so the... Um, Jared, I think yeah. it's Acts 10, 21. Uh, I think that... Let's kill him. Was that, was, it's what uh, you wrote down. I, it is. I wrote it down wrong here. It's Acts 21. Oh, New Testament. Oh, he's mm. trying to trick us. He was live. trying to see, see if we could discern. I get to live. You want to see if we could discern. It's Acts 21, verse 10. Okay, we'll cool. get there in just a second, though. Um, essentially, when we're talking about prophesying for others... In receiving prophecy, there's three parts. So, um, and we interpret these three parts through uh, a specific lens. So, does it align with the Bible? Does it bring people closer to God? Is it uplifting? And then, does it matter to them? So, like, if if it doesn't matter to them, that matters. You know what I mean? It's not to say that it's not going to matter to them someday, but it matters if you is if you are correct. Like, we want to know. We want feedback. We want to know. Am I doing this correctly? Does that make sense? So there's three parts. So it's called the revelation, interpretation, and application. So uh, in those verses that we're looking at, um, revelation would be uh, what exactly did you see or hear? So what, 
uh, once I was in a, a setting like this, we were sitting in a circle and the, a lady, they were praying for me and uh, a lady said, I see a coffee cup with a crack in it and there's water coming out of the cracks. So that's not, um, that doesn't mean anything to anyone besides me, right? So that was her revelation. So coffee cup, cracks, water in it, right? Or water coming out of the cracks. Um, the second part of that would be interpretation. So what, is, what, is, what does this mean to someone? So um, for me, that meant something specific. I like, this woman didn't know me. I love coffee. And uh, cracks meant the things that I was struggling with, the things that I um, have a hard time with. I had a hard time at that point and still like, with confidence and with faith and things like that. And I understood, and those are the things I was praying about. And then water coming out of the coffee cup. Uh, I immediately, as I was praying, I knew just lead from my faults. So as I was talking to other people about prophecy, I just knew in my head, don't shy away from the things that you struggle with. Be honest about them. And the Holy Spirit will come through those cracks, right? So there was an interpretation. And then the last part is an application. Uh, so we have revelation, coffee cup, cracks, water. Interpretation, I knew what it meant because it was for me. And then application, which means prophecy leads to something, uh, which is what Katie will talk about. But all of it leads to prayer and it leads to more of God. So the application for me was when I'm speaking to other people about prophecy, lead from your faults. Lead from the things that you struggle with. Does that make sense? So I had all three of those things and then I had prayed. So uh, when we look, so this, where did I come up with this? So if we look in um, Acts, uh, group time, sorry, Courtney, I'm throwing things off. Uh, yeah, okay. After they had been there for several days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us, took Paul's belt, tied his own feet and hands, and said, this is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, both we and the local people pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul replied, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart, for I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord. So, uh, group time. Revelation, what was the uh, revelation there? I hope you all were actually listening because he's hope testing you, you now. Revelation, anybody have any ideas? He's going to be bound, right. Good job, Daniel. I'm so proud, buddy. The wood so he's going to be bound, right? So that's what the prophet Agabus, he was prophetic, right? He said, you're going to be bound by this thing, right? So interpretation, what does that mean? What does that mean? Say it again. Don't go. So that's what, that's what they interpreted, right? So that, and that's where they messed up. So the interpretation for them was don't go to Jerusalem, right? So Agabus, being a prophet, heard from God, hey, you're going to be bound, you're going to be thrown in jail. He, Agabus, interpreted that as don't go. Like that was Agabus's application, right? So he heard from God. He gave the word to Paul, which is an accurate word because as Paul said, that makes sense to me. But the application is where he messed up. So he was wrong in telling Paul, don't go there, don't do this, you're going to die, or you're going to be bound. Paul, but Paul didn't tell him, you're no longer a prophet, prophecy is dead, you stink at life. He didn't say any of those things. He said, no, you're right, I am going to be bound, I know I'm going to be bound, I'm actually going to die. Does that make sense? So as we're getting somewhere, I think it's important to remember that there's three steps and, and um as Katie's about to talk about, prayer and just being in tune with God is sort of what you need to be in all three parts. So I don't just get to hear God and just, like David was talking about, throw sand at people. I don't get to interpret whatever I want and just decide, oh, uh, that coffee cup means I should buy a coffee grinder or whatever. Uh, and, I, and then the application, I need to do something. Like, prophecy isn't 
it, something, it is to build you up and it is to make you feel better, like that happens. But also, there needs to be um, an action. And in general, um, that action is prayer, in my opinion. Let me ask you a question, Jared. Yes. Have you ever gotten a word that um, was either interpreted wrong to you or didn't mean anything to you? Yes. Um, interpreted wrong to me. So I have a uh, gotten a word or given a word? No, gotten a word. Gotten a word that Like was someone came up and gave you a word, hey, God's saying this to you, and this is what it means, and you went, no, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's happened. Well, a couple of times, very prophetic people have told me things um, that have been right Very in the past. They have been right. Them. They have been right before. Yes, mm. thank you, Katie. They've been right before, and they have been right since. But they told me a specific thing about a child of mine that was wrong. Uh, well, they said the boy was a girl while they were in the womb. Wasn't a girl. <laughs> no, it was a girl. No, they told me it was way. going to be yeah, a boy. Right. Wasn't a boy. It was a girl. Also, at the same time, me and my wife were wanting a boy we were telling our friends we want a boy and we it was our fault too like we were trying to sway them a certain way does that make sense and that was wrong of me <laughs> like that it's wasn't your okay fault that you got a wrong word though no and i still hear from god and they still hear from god and they i love those people to death and they continue to prophesy over me and my family every day and i love them to death once um sorry no you're i good. told my are you gonna tattle on david no okay. uh i'm gonna tattle on myself i was praying for my brother-in-law man shouldn't have said his name <laughs> I was praying for him and uh, he, him, he and his wife were trying to have a child and I was praying and they weren't having a child and I, I was just in my kitchen doing the dishes and I was crying, praying for them and I felt like God was saying to pray for their healing. Um, I have a lot of stories about messing it up. Anyways, um, uh, Lead from your fault. There's a timer though. Uh, so, and then, so I was praying for him, I was crying and I, so I texted him, I said, hey, I feel like um, I'm supposed to pray for your, your wife's healing and I feel like God is going to heal your wife and she's going to have a, uh, a kid soon. Uh, I was wrong. But immediately after that, I, I said, you know, I don't know that it's about having a kid soon, but I just feel like I should pray for her healing. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I need to pray for her healing. I, I want to pray for your wife and your kid whenever they come. That's what I want to pray for. So he forgot that part. He was stuck on the first part, which was, uh, you're going to get pregnant soon. And she wasn't pregnant soon, and they had a horrible time trying to have a baby. And then when they had the baby, uh, it was in the ICU for a long time. But I'd been praying for this child, my, my now nephew, for at this point years, because I just, I had no idea why, but I felt like I was uh, supposed to pray for their healing. And I shared it wrong in the beginning, then I corrected it. He forgot the correct. He forgot the corrected part. That's that's here and there. But there was an application for that for me, which right. is what Katie's going to talk about. Which is, I felt like they needed healing, and I felt like I should pray. Right. And so that's what. Well, and Katie, before you jump into that, I think it's important, and we will talk about this in a little bit. But you don't have to, don't feel responsible for all three of those things. Oftentimes, you're not going to have the revelation or the application for the person you deliver the word to. Um, you may but you won't always. And don't, you don't have to feel like you have the whole package before you can deliver the word. What, you're, what God's calling you to do is be obedient and deliver what he said to you and then let them work it out with God. It's not to say you'll never have interpretation or you'll never have you know, insight into what the application might be, but we see even in scripture, people try and make the application that makes sense to them with the information that they have, but they're not God. 
and you're not God. You're not going to have the whole picture. God is going to give you some insight, but he may not give you all of the insight. So if you don't have the application or you don't have the um, all three parts, still be obedient in, giving, in delivering the part that God did give you. And then as we'll talk about more, um, know when to stop. Katie, you go ahead. Okay. Well, one more thing. Sorry. No one to stop. Once I was praying for uh, Pastor Sarah, <laughs> and I had just read, a, I've read lots of books on prophecy, and one of them, the guy specifically said, um, the thing you're praying about in the morning, that's going to happen to you. And I was like, that's sweet. So this is where I mess up routinely. <laughs> I read things about from prophetic people, and then I try to be someone else. And then I try to do like, that sounds cool. I want to do that. It's a horrible plan. So I told Pastor Sarah, that thing you're praying about for the, this morning, and then there was a prophetic part there that was about um, changing your city-state. There's was, there was a lot there. But the part about prayer, specifically what you were praying about this morning, was complete nonsense and just in my head. <laughs> and I told her that, and she so graciously said, actually, I didn't, I, I didn't pray this morning. I prayed at lunchtime. And you, that's, but the rest of this means a lot. It was a very sweet thing. But she's like, this part was good. This part was nonsense. I love it was that very she nonsense. called you out right then and there. No, it was fine, but that's it's why I, feedback is really important. Yeah. It like, really is. As someone gives you a word, especially like in our community, you know, of our church at New Song, like you need to be you able to go, hey, this, says, this I get to say it. Yeah, like this is what, this, this felt right. This <laughs> seemed off to me because that's the only way we're going to grow and get better at this thing is to, to cultivate an, uh, a culture where it's okay to to get feedback, you know, and it's not about us. Like it's, it's all about getting closer to Jesus and it's all about helping other people get close to Jesus. And that's why these gifts are there. Like that's, as Becky was talking earlier, just maybe it just reminded me of the fact that all the gifts of the spirit are to push us together because it's a way. And it's so cool how God works because he uses, he has a will and a desire in heaven. And then he uses people to enact that will. And so God's got things for people that he uses gifts of the spirit in your life to bring forth. Yeah. And so it's important that we grow and act on these gifts and grow in them because there are things that need to move and need to be shaken, need to be pulled down. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's feedback's really important so we can grow and get better at it. God doesn't do anything out of relationship because that would be an institution and he doesn't want any more of those. So he's not going to help us prophesy to build businesses. He's going to give us prophecy to build each other up, encourage each other, and build relationship always. Um, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get words or, or the Lord's going to speak to you, not going to speak to you about things to change in relationships or relationships that are wrong. Um, but the Lord is always seeking relationship with us and for us with each other. Um, and Jared, just to clarify, that w you didn't stop after you had a swing and a miss, did you? No. Right. Okay, so, so have a, it will a, happen. As you start to practice and operate in some of these things, you're bound to get something wrong, yeah. and you're also bound to deliver something that somebody doesn't receive well. Whether it's right or not, um, you're bound to come up against these things. Yeah. Don't stop. And I, and I wasn't offended when she right, told me exactly. I was wrong. Like, I, I was wrong. It was okay. Like, uh, it just led to more prayer. If, you're, if you have a 100% record, then you're probably not doing it right anyways. Doing it <laughs> or enough. you're just saying good, nice things. And that's right. Funny. Or you lived in the Old Testament. <laughs> God says he loves you. Or you didn't you. make it out of the Old you're Testament. You're safe. You're playing it safe. Um, okay, is it my turn? Yes, okay. Please. I'm going to talk about um, my transition was the prayer part 10 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> 
I always get to talk about prayer. I'm lucky. And, um, but maybe like some of these things you're like, oh, that's me. I've heard that. Or I've seen pictures. Or God's spoken to me, you know, like they're saying. Or I've given words or received words. Um, if that's you, great. There's a reason you're here. If that's not you and you're like, oh, what? Like, what is this class? Um, I thought prophecy was something completely different, but you're like, okay, I want to try. Like, I'm in, I'm down. Um, I want to be a part of that if God's in it. Um, the Lord wants to give you these gifts. Like, Becky's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, the Lord is a good giver. He's a good Father, and he wants to give you those gifts. And the place that you receive those is in prayer. Um, you don't have to wait for an altar call. You don't have to wait for a Sunday morning. Um, your time in prayer is where you communicate with the Lord, where he speaks to you, where you minister to him, and where you ask him for the things that you want. You ask him for your heart's desires. Um, I'm going to read Luke 11, 9 through 10. It says, this is Jesus talking. His disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. And this is where we get the Lord's prayer. And then um, Jesus gives them a parable. And at the end of it, he says, and I say to you, this is Luke 11, 9 through 10. I say to you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Um, I'm going to give you three things that the Lord has been like hounding into me lately. Um, so we're going to focus on ask, seek, and knock. Um, if this is a gift that you want to operate in and you don't yet or you already do and you want um, just more clarity and, and more empowerment, um, ask the Lord. Ask Jesus. You don't have to ask Becky. You don't have to ask me. You don't have to ask Pastor Josh. Mm -hmm. This is a gift from God. Yeah. Um, so open your mouth and ask him. Um, there's... Nothing should keep you from going to Jesus, whether it was a, you had a bad experience with prophecy or, or with the body of Christ in general. Um, take that to Jesus. Open your mouth. Use your words. There's power. There's life and death in your words. And you can bring life into your own life through your own mouth. Um, so ask. Open your mouth. And then seek. Use your resources to pursue. Um, these are all, these all require faith and they are action words. Um, so seeking this gift is coming to a class like this. It's studying it out in the word. Um, it's reading all the books. It's watching all the YouTube videos of the really great prophets and of the really bad misses because both of those will help you. Um, use your resources to go after what you want from the Lord. Um, it goes beyond just asking in prayer that you have to use your faith and use what you have. Um, and the Lord will bless that when you seek him. He says he rewards those who diligently seek him. Um, and I believe that includes the gifts of the spirit that he wants us to have. Um, and then I have knock. Knock, physically do what you are led to do. Um, if you're asking and you're seeking, but you're not putting your hand on the door and trying, um, then you're like stuck in this place where you, the Lord is empowering you and you are not being used by him. Right. Um, and so... Knock on the door of somebody's heart and say, I feel like God wants to share this with you. Or, you know, just take that step of faith and knock on the door. Because those are not contingent promises. If you seek, you're going to find that's just, that's a promise. Right. The contingency is seeking. The contingency is asking. And then you're going to receive. Um, so those are promises from the Lord. And they all require faith. And that's how we know that they'll please God. Because faith pleases God. That's so good. It's not, it's not knock if you're perfect or right. knock if, if you know you're going to get it right. right. 
or knock if you know, if you have insight into this and you want to kind of give your information. It's just knock. Just knock. Just knock. Just do it. Does she even know how to knock? Just knock. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. no. I have no <laughs> idea. No um, idea. Okay. And it's Olaf, you know, frozen. He's like, oh. just knock. Yeah. Why isn't she knocking? Do you think she knows how to knock? Okay. <laughs> I have kids. Um, okay, I want to talk about asking. Jesus told us, there's a lot of scripture about asking. Asking you shall receive. We read that one. Um, ask for the desires of your heart. The Lord will give them to you. There's a lot of things about asking in the scriptures about that in the word that you, I encourage you to seek, seek out. Um, Jesus told us to ask for the kingdom. And because if you're asking for the kingdom, then you're going to get what he wants you to have. He's, you're going to get the desires of his heart for you. Um, he says, seek first the kingdom and he'll give it to you. Um, the kingdom is the source, the beginning, and the end of all prophecy. Prophecy points to Jesus, who he was, who he, what he's like, his nature, his character, what he's capable of. Um, and if you want the gift of prophecy, realizing that you are asking for the kingdom. Um, that's how you know it's from the Lord, and you're not asking for some weird thing that you know, people in the world can do. Um, when you ask for the kingdom, there's, there's purity in it, and... God is accountable to his word. So if he said he would give you the kingdom, he has to do it if you ask him. Um, a lot of <laughs> prophecy requires a lot of faith. Yeah. Living prophetically requires active faith. Um, and Jesus, you know, faith without works is dead. So we don't want to be dead Christians. We want to be dead to our flesh, not to the gifts of the spirit. Um, you could repeat that. Yeah. <laughs> so use your faith. Ask, seek, and knock, and pursue Jesus. Um, pursue, because prophecy is really his heart. So if you're going after him and you're pursuing your own relationship with God, he's going to start showing you things about his other kids. Because that's what dads do. They talk about their kids. Um, and he'll tell you. Um, and so ask. We believe that we can receive what we ask for. The only limit on what you can receive from God is what you think you can receive from God. Like the only limitation is the box that you make for God. Um, and so if you're like, I just want to give people words, that God might give you that, you know? But if you're like, I just want to know the heart of God, then that is an all-encompassing request for kingdom. Um, so... Like, don't put limits on, oh, I just want that prophecy gift. That was a good one. Um, because there's so much more to the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to talk about receiving because we're, we're asking for something. We can have this thing from the Lord, and then we believe we can have it. Um, and then to receive it, Jesus says to receive the kingdom like a child, or you won't be able to walk in it at all. And I think the reason he says that is because, like, if you have kids, you know how kids ask for stuff. They're like, give me that snack. I know it's there, I know you have it, and I know it's available to me. So 78 times a day, give me that snack. And that True. is how, I believe that's how God wants us to come to him, is like, this is mine because it's yours, and I want it. Um, and there's no filter on the way kids ask. They don't care if you are tired. Oh, mom's tired, I'm not gonna ask her today. They don't care if you're in the bathroom, if you're in the shower, like there is zero filter on the way kids think they can get anything they want. Um, and that's why I think the Lord wants us to ask for the kingdom like a kid. Because if we begin to put limits and circumstances and filters in the way, then that only affects, that affects the, the amount that we can receive from him. 
Um, I think that a lot of us as Christians have our, have our receivers pointed in the wrong way. You know those big satellite dishes? We don't really see them anymore, but um, they're huge and ambiguous, and, and they're pointing like in a really specific direction out of the wind, out of the trees, so that they can get what they're supposed to receive. So I think sometimes we think we want these things from God, but actually our receiver is pointed at like our selfish desires and what makes me feel good and comfortable. Um, but to live a prophetic life, you have to reflect Jesus. And you can't reflect something if you're not looking into it first. Mm. Um, and so point your receiver to Jesus, to his heart, um, and he will honor that. And I think too... Um like when I started operating in this gifting, I was asking for it. It wasn't just like one day I was sitting there and it just like fell upon me. Like I, I found out about it and I had to start asking for it. So during worship time and during prayer time, Lord, give me a word for somebody or give me a word about myself or show me something. And it wasn't for the sake of just having the gift, but it was to grow in that and to, uh, to, to see more of God's heart for people. And as I began to ask and receive... And then, Katie, you're going to talk about doing. Um, as I began to you know, put one foot in front of the other, which I will tell you the first couple of times was super hard. Like sweating, didn't wear enough deodorant, shaking. There was points where it was like, it almost felt like, Lord, if you want me to do this, you better move my feet for me because I'm not doing it. Like that's scary. Because it wasn't always just, you know, God loves you. It was like, God, I want you to talk about the specific thing that you have no knowledge of and makes no sense to you. And you're going to talk to this specific person about it. And I was like, nope. Um, Lord, move my feet if you want this to happen. Uh, and, you know, just taking, you know, operating in faith and taking that first step and doing it. And then as I received some feedback and, you know, and we don't do it for the feedback and we'll talk about that more later. But as I received feedback and got more confident in it, it was much easier to hear from God and then just obey whether or not I felt like it was going to land well. Right. And that came from asking. Yeah. It doesn't just fall upon you yeah. when you're walking down the street. It's, in, it's an intentional ask. And I feel like there should be a disclaimer in this class. Like only ask for, like only pursue growth in this area with the Lord if you're willing to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, because... Yeah. Oh, that, oh, I should read it. I tried to read ahead. Read the script. <laughs> I really did. We, um, we didn't work on this for but hours. But you're going to, at some point, like, you need to, it's really important that you steward, when you feel like God gives you a word, that you steward that to the person. Just think about it. Like, it's, it's a word from God. Like, it's, it's, it could be life-changing. And God's a good steward. So, you know, and I don't say this to scare anyone, but when God gives you a word and you don't deliver it, like, what's that communicate to him? Like it, it, if you didn't steward that word all the way, all the way, um, like if you, when we steward God's word and, and we um, steward the gifts that he gives us, he gives us more. Right. And I don't say like, if you've missed it before and you know, you've chicken, we've all been there. We've all chickened out right. when God gave us a word in target for someone that we didn't know. We were like, no, that was the burrito I ate earlier. I'm going <laughs> to chalk it up to that. Like God, there's grace for that, right. but it, it, in it, to pursue a lifestyle of being spirit filled and walking in unity with the Holy spirit, it's going to require some adventure and stepping out of your comfort zone. And it's so good. Like it's so good to adventure with the Lord and to um, get out of the rut of just, it makes you like, it, it turns you into a disciple of Jesus, you know, like you're not just someone who goes to church on Sunday and then, you know, does a Bible story with their kids and has a quiet time. It's like, no, I can feel myself being the hands and feet of Jesus. 
Can I add something to that? Yeah. You may. Um, uh, one thing I would say to that that I have learned that has been so vital in my walk with the Lord is, is the timing. And that while, yes, we have to steward these words well, we need to give them, um, we, we should be giving them to people, but we also have to ask the Lord, when is the appropriate time? Um, it's not on a worship night when we start giving words in the middle of the service. It's not the time you call somebody out every time. You know, you have to ask the Holy Spirit, should I say this? Um, and if I were to give a word to Katie, okay, Lord, do you want me to give this word to her while there's another person in the room? Or do I need to do this privately with her? I mean, it's, or, or is this a word I need to give her today? Or is it a word, Lord, do you want me to hold on to this? Is this, is today the time or is it next week or is it next year? Um, that's something that I have learned to be so vital whenever I receive stuff because although I have, um, I've been graciously given the gift to give words to people, you also have to know timing. Right. So. And you're, you're, if you're going to be the mouthpiece of God, then you're accountable for the content, the timing. I mean, it's and delivery. trusting you. Yeah, the delivery. You're accountable for your obedience once you've heard the voice of God. You're not just accountable to that person while you've spoken into their life, but you're accountable to God. And there is grace because we live under a new covenant. But that doesn't mean that God is going to just let one slide. You know, he's, if you are looking to grow, you're going to ask for the Lord to speak into you every time that you move in faith. Lord, is, do I, is there peace for this? Is there correction in this? Are you surrounded by people who could speak into you and say, hey, I think you missed it? Um, or if, if Becky said something to me at the wrong time or embarrassed me, then I would want her to feel, I would want to know that she wants to know, hey, look, I think like you missed it a little bit. Um, so, yeah, growth, feedback, feedback, not just from people, feedback from the Holy Spirit. Um, you can't just get the good stuff and, like, the encouragement and, like, oh, God loves you so much and you're going to have lots of babies and be the best singer ever. Um, <laughs> also, like, you have to listen to the voice of the Father who corrects the people that he that loves. Specific. Yeah, that was specific. <laughs> and then, you know, and as you ask and receive and do, you know, in, in my walk with God, some of the most, uh, some of the times that have, really encouraged me the most is operating in a gift like this that it's not just like something I do privately in my own time and then I get good at it. It's it's something that's public. It's out there. And so it's such a huge faith builder when you do operate it. And, and I think God, like you said, he's a good steward. He doesn't give you a bombshell straight out of the gate. You, you know, he's going to start you off with small things, teach you his voice, teach you how he speaks to you. We're going to speak about this in a little bit, but not everyone hears the same way. Um, and even within the same, you know, one person, you might hear or perceive God in different ways at different times and different seasons. I know I've heard thoughts that sound like my own thoughts. I've also had really strong impressions that I couldn't really explain. And I've even been woken up in the middle of the night with dreams. So to say that I only hear God one way is not true. Um, and so God's going to show you, now I do hear him more specifically or more often in a certain way, but um, God's going to teach you his voice and what his hand on your life looks like. And he's going to give you small yeah. words to give and let you practice. And of course, we'll talk about practicing in safe places here too. Oftentimes, God's not going to give you uh, like a, a giant platform to speak on and just deliver words here and there uh, if it's your first day asking and receiving. So trust God. Yeah. He's, he's so faithful. He's he, putting your trust in his hands is such a safe place to be. Yeah. This doesn't have to be scary. It's a really good thing, but it does take faith on your part. And I think that's, I mean, there's a reason in first Corinthians 14, it says 
judge the words. Like yeah. it's, we're, we're not, God's not surprised that, that this isn't like, uh, I don't know, the easy is not the right word, but yeah, perfect or whatever. Like it says in the, like we didn't make that part up. Like we're not making this, it's not like a thing we're inventing. It says judge prophetic words. Right. And so that's what we have to do. Um, I'm going to wrap up this One, section. Yeah. Did you have a thing? Okay. Um, <laughs> did you say please do? <laughs> okay, Pastor David, we'll just wrap this up for you. So you can have the microphone. Yeah, Katie, know, geez, what a do. long section. Um, I have a word. I have a word. <laughs> Is it encouraging? And you know, Did you test it's that, Katie? so encouraging, and I would like the four of you to assess it. Um, what was the action there, okay. guys? <laughs> Okay, so we're going to do what we have asked the Lord to show us, to speak to us. We're going to do it. We're going to act on it in faith. Um, continually act in agreement with the word of the Holy Spirit. That is a prophetic life. Um, I have a word when I was writing some of these notes. Um, I felt like God was speaking to somebody in the room. Imagine that. He was going to be prophetic in a prophetic class. Um, God is not holding back the gift of his spirit from you. Whoever you are, maybe all of us need to hear this. Um, you cannot earn the gift of prophecy yeah. by reading your Bible enough or by finding the right verse or by hearing it from the right person or by being in the right class. Um, Goosebumps, Katie. You can't earn. That's because it's Jesus. Um, everything that Jesus taught, he taught. Think about who was around him, the people that he surrounded himself with. He was intentional, and God didn't just, like, drop him in, you know, Asia Minor on accident. He put him around certain people to display the kingdom for a certain time, and he was, he taught to fishermen, tax collectors, prostitutes, Jewish leaders, professional mosaic law keepers. Like those are the people that saw Jesus do what he did and live the life that he led. And so there's no requirement or lifestyle that you have to already walk in to receive the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus left it for all of us, not just people with microphones or scripts or platforms or anything else. Um, and so if you feel like you've done something in the past to disqualify yourself from walking in any gift of the Holy Spirit, walking in unity with God, hearing God's voice, that is a lie from the devil. Um, and you can judge it with the scripture. Um, but that is a lie from the devil because his sheep hear his voice and we are the sheep of his pasture. We are his people. Um, and so I just felt like the Lord wanted somebody to know that tonight. The gifts are free. The level you operate in is up to you, yeah. but just like he gave everyone a measure of faith, he left the Holy Spirit for everyone. Um, I was going to give an example, but I don't think I need to. So. so how do we hear the Holy Spirit? In what ways is it perceived? And most often it's going to be in our imagination, in our mind. I guess I don't really like the word imagination. Yeah. So in my mind, in your mind, um, that we... That's how whenever we, someone says, oh, I have a revelation or I have a word from you, we've kind of already, we've already talked about it. More often than not, it's going to sound like your voice. It's going to sound like your thoughts. Now, that is not oh, 100% for everybody. Um, you might have, for me, I feel like I hear God's voice more often in dreams, and he speaks to me in dreams, and he speaks to me through peace through just a peace in the situation. Um, for somebody else, it might be visions. For somebody else, it's waking up in the middle of the night. Um, and we also have to know that 
there are three voices that we can hear. We have our own, we have God's, and we have the enemy's. And so that's part of the prayer. That's part of knowing the word of God, because when you know the word of God, you know the voice of God. Um, we already know our own thoughts. And then the, any thoughts that do not line up with the word of God are the enemies. And so it's discerning. It's, it's learning to discern those things through prayer and through reading the word. Um, and again, by the doing, training yourself to just have the strength to do it. And so um, just a couple other examples of the ways that you can hear the voice of God, um, can receive words or visions for other people or for yourself um, through dreams, through visions. And whenever you think of a vision, um, think of it like a snapshot in time. That's like, like a I think of it even, I hate to say daydream, but it's, it's not going to be like in dreams, it's typically like more like a movie. Visions are going to be like a snapshot, like a picture almost. Like I had a picture of a cup with a broken, uh, with, with a broken water was coming. It was a picture versus like a movie, which you see in a dream. Um, maybe through the voice of another person, somebody gives you a word. That's way, uh, spontaneous ideas. Like, oh, I have this idea for this business. It might be the Lord laying that on you um, through um, just a better understanding of a situation, through tongues, through impressions, or just that gut feeling of this is what I feel like. You just just get that feeling like, oh, this is it, Um, which is often the peace as well. Like you just have peace about a word that's given to you where, you know, like I didn't want to have any more kids and I got that word and I was like, okay, there's peace there. That must be the Lord. That can't, There's no way that's my thoughts because I would not have thought that. Um, and that internal witness. Um, and then just your history with him. How important is our history with the Lord? If you can sit down and look back at what he's, what he's spoken to you already, what he's done for you, you don't even have to know if you've heard the voice of the Lord. You can just look back and see the good things that have happened to you. And that's the voice of the Lord speaking to you, leading you, showing you. So um, like I said, we have our mind, we have God's voice, we have the enemies. So it's just discerning. Um, it takes time to know which voice that it is. And we'll talk more about that later. When you say peace, like, can you give us a, a situation of that? I know you kind of gave an example, but I, I think we hear that a lot in the church world. Like, I just have a piece about it. Yeah. Like, can you sure. explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So um, I'll just explain it with another example, maybe. That's great. Yep. Um, my husband and I were attending a different church, and we knew for uh, about two years that we were supposed to leave that church, but we also knew the Word of God told us we needed to be planted and didn't want to be wanderers. So we just stayed, and we just waited for the Lord to um, show us where to go. And uh, we, we really didn't, honestly, we didn't try any other church except New Song, but we just, we walked in to New Song on a worship night and we just had, it was just this, um, this overwhelming, there was no denying the fact that this is where we were supposed to be. Like we could not have, we went home and like, there was no discussion, there, there was no way out of it. Like we couldn't convince each other otherwise that there was something wrong with it. Um, sometimes it might be for you, like maybe whenever you walk into the home of your dreams, you're like this is my house. This is the house I'm supposed to live in the rest of my, like you just get that peace that you can't talk yourself out of it. There's no denying that that's what it is. And yeah. And you don't feel the need to talk yourself out of it because you do have that deep settled peace. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Um, Okay. We're going to talk about interpreting words. I think this goes for giving words and receiving words. So if you're giving a word, you can run it through some of these um, tests, and if you receive a word, you can run it through these tests also. Um, and if you know that person, go back to them and give them your feedback. Um, the, 
Every interpretation should accurately testify of the truth as revealed in Jesus Christ. Um, Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. A testimony is something that already happened. So if Jesus walked in it, it's prophetic. Um, if Jesus didn't walk in it or it doesn't line up with his nature, um, then it is not prophetic. Um, that doesn't mean it can't be good news or make you feel good, but um, we're talking about prophecy tonight. Um, so some tests for solid interpretation. The true filter for prophecy is always the word and the nature of God. If a word you have to share does not have a specific scripture attached to it, it must still reveal the heart of God. Um, Becky and Daniel Woodall are really good at always giving a scripture, and that really ministers to me. Um, when they give you a word, they always yeah. back it up with scripture. Um, so they kind of test their own words, which is very mature in spirit, I think. Um, a solid biblical foundation. Does it align with God's word? Um, agreement with the truth as revealed. We talked about this in the nature of Jesus. Purity of heart towards the receiver. Like, am I coming into this with some motives? Like, you're going to marry this cute girl in a black shirt and she always wears Converse. Or is it like, um, I actually heard there, God. That's, ta- that's her husband back there. Not some random dude saying yes. I didn't mean to talk about myself. That's cute, but... Um, it's safe to use yourself as an example. Um, does it metaphorically, (laughs) I'm married officially. Um, that word already came to pass metaphorically or in picture. Does it point to Jesus or his will? So those are tests for, okay, this is solid. I can receive this. I want this word for my life. You also have the right to say, no, thank you. You are the gatekeeper of your heart and you're in charge of what goes in and stays in is planted. So if someone gives you a word and you judge it according to these next couple of things, you can say, no, thank you. I don't receive that. I'm taking that thought captive and I'm kicking it out. You can take that back and give it to somebody else. Um, (laughs) Filters for misinterpretation. (laughs) I would like to return this. Um, Doesn't fit quite right. (laughs) Do you have your receipt? My receipt says Jesus didn't say that. Um, Okay. Filters for misinterpretation or like this does not give me peace. Um, These are things that we filter through our flesh or our soul, either giving or receiving. Um, Our personal relationships, are you giving someone a word based on what you know about them? Um, And that doesn't mean that God won't speak to you about things you already know. Um, But that it doesn't always mean it's prophetic. If it is prophetic, it's going to point to the character of Jesus or his will for their life. Um, personal relationships, experiences, personal inner wounds, something that you are not healed from, that you process things through, um, personal desires or wishes for somebody else, your preferences, what mood you're in. Um, you have to submit all of that to Jesus right. way long before you talk to anybody for God. Um, because like I said, the Holy Spirit's trusting you with his words and his heart. And so if you're going to attach your mood or your past or your history with someone to it, then you're not trustworthy and you're not a safe person. Um, so check that at Can the I door. Just yes, say, say something just because maybe you guys disagree with me, but just because something, um, I think you should be careful about things not sitting well with you because um, if David tells me I'm doing something wrong, my immediate reaction is probably to be offended. Um, so just because something doesn't sit well with you doesn't necessarily mean that it's not from God. Right. But if, if it's looking at the past, then it's not from God. But if someone tells me, you're strug- I, think you're, I feel like you're struggling in this area, I, still, I, have, I have a way to go forward which still makes it uplifting. Right. And like, I need to change something about my life, and that's okay. Like, I'm not perfect. I need, 
it, it is negative, like they're telling me something is wrong. But if the life, Lord is calling you up and out of, right. and out and yes. higher, then that is the Lord. If someone's just right. pointing out something you're messing up frequently, that's not the Lord. The Lord is always going to, like we said, it's going to build you up and encourage you. Yeah. I think it's important to remember, too, that, you know, we all have our own biases. Yeah. Uh, so when I hear I'm going to have a filter, I'm human, I'm going to have my own filter over what's, what I'm receiving. And then as I uh, give that word, that person who's receiving it is going to have their own filter, too. And so it takes practice and maturity to get much better at rem- pulling back that filter and saying, okay, I recognize it's here. I have had wounds in my past, or maybe I have a freedom issue that I haven't fully dealt with, that that may affect what God, how I perceive what God's saying to me. And then also on the other end that somebody else probably, or may have those same things too. And so it's important to recognize that as you're delivering something that you're not tapping too far into that, or maybe it's an experience you have where you know that someone's going through something that you also went through. It, I think it's easy to say, well, God said this to me, so surely they're saying right. it. He's saying it to you too. You got to check that stuff at the door. You're submitting yourself fully to the Lord when you're asking for a word or to operate in the prophetic. And so you can't be carrying that luggage around with you and operate fully and in a healthy way. And I, I want to go back to something Jared said. Um, like certain words, like corrective words and things like that, like they're going to come through certain relationships in your life. Like sometimes not all words are to be delivered. Like sometimes God's calling you to intercede. So God gives you a word of knowledge or a prophetic word for someone, and you're not supposed to deliver that. You're just supposed to fall to your knees and pray for them. Um, And so you have to discern that yourself. You know, like it it was relationship is, is the permission to be able to share certain things. Like Jared and I are really close. We work out together every day. He's my accountability partner. Like we share a lot together. And so um, if he comes up to me and is like, hey, I've got a, I feel like I was praying this morning for you and I felt like God said this, I'm going to be very open to that. Or Pastor Josh has a, has a corrective word. He's like, hey, you know, I feel like I was praying for you and God said this. I'm going to receive it. They've got green lights in my life. If there's somebody else in, that I don't know that comes up to me and gives a corrective word that doesn't like automatically, not to say that, that God couldn't do something with that, but if it doesn't automatically kind of um, resonate with me, I'm going to be more likely to go, you know, I, I appreciate that, but that, that's not for me, right. I don't think. And so the relationship's really important. Um, and, I, and, and not everything needs to be delivered. Like sometimes you just got to pray. Like it's right. just like God's showing you that someone's dealing with something in their marriage. It doesn't mean you need to go pry. Like that's private. But you can pray. You right. can pray for them and you can move things. I think it's Lou Engle says prophecy is an invitation for intercession. And usually if you start a word with, hey, I was praying for you, people are going to be like, oh, that's probably, I probably that's needed so it nice. then. Thank yeah. you know what I mean. Of me. Not like, listen, I know what you did, so <laughs> I got something to say. Um, our job, <laughs> our job is not to filter. The, the relationship thing is really good because then you know, I can say this to Becky. I probably couldn't say that to someone I don't know. You know, like because the Lord trusts me with His heart for her, and she trusts that I pray for her. Um, so that, don't they, cry. And again, <laughs> God's a good steward. He's gonna. Cry, he's cry. going to take into account the relationship yes. you have with the person yes. before revealing that to yeah. you, Becky. Um, 
Let Did you have something? Yeah, we, okay, uh, go have Becky go on. In the oh, next I session. just wanted to say the last part of this. Um, our job is not to filter. Our job is to discern. Mm -hmm. um, find the truth and say that and don't say anything else. Um, the Holy Spirit will reveal the how, the when, the where, and the why. We are not to add to or take away from anything God says. Yes, the Holy Spirit is the one who interprets. Um, so it's not our job to figure it out. Um, even, we can search it out. But even sometimes, depending on the situation, it might not even be our job to specifically search it out, making assumptions um, about a prophetic re revelation or words um, often can be played out wrong if you don't know the situation. And so for another good lesson that I learned early on is to know when to stop talking. Um, you have to really listen. And sometimes I've even cut myself off in mid-sentence because I'm like, that's all I got. I'm about to move into the flesh. Yeah. Um, because you want, sometimes we want the reaction. We want that feedback of yeah. them like, well, they didn't cry. Come or on. They didn't tell me that it was, That's so I just so need to keep good. talking until I get this uh. feedback that I need. When really, we're just moving into the flesh at that point. We just need to, if it's a, if it's a one sentence uh, revelation or if it's a whole paragraph, it doesn't matter. Um, we only want to speak what the Holy Spirit yeah. speaks. And then... Um, also, you know, with avoiding us making assumptions, um, one example I, quickly I want to give is yeah, I, I, the Lord told me and Daniel that he was supposed to quit his job in 2016. Now, the day the Lord told me that, does that mean that that day Daniel was supposed to quit his job? No, I should not. I can't make that assumption that the moment I get the word, that's when it's supposed to happen. But instead, we take it and we search it out. We pray it. Uh, we prayed about it. And it was months later that he quit his job. So that's just kind of an example of how to do that. Um, our opinions and doctrines are also things that are not to be included when it comes to giving words. And Katie kind of talked about that already. But um, even though you you might not, even though you feel like your opinion is right or your thoughts are right, those are your thoughts. Again, those are the flesh. They're not the spirit. Um, here's my example I have to use for tonight for that. You know, I love upper room music. I absolutely love it. And that's my opinion. That's my doctrine that I stand on, but I don't go to David. <laughs> I don't go to David and I say, thus saith the Lord that we're supposed to sing upper you room. You come pretty close. Every single Sunday. <laughs> thus saith Becky. So that's an example of that. Like just because you love something or you believe in something about whatever doesn't make it a thus saith the Lord When you get moment. a word like... As for, a lot of times I'll start to write things down and then the word just starts pouring out as you start writing. Especially if it's like a text, I was praying for you and oh, and then you're gushing and then some of it's the Lord. I Like, just wait. Like, just wait. Pray, read it again like seven times. Oh, is that a Katie thing or was that a Holy Spirit thing? Oh, Katie says that. Oh, the Holy Spirit says that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's the thing I always say to everyone. Like, they don't need to hear that. If you're saying, hey, the Lord said this, like, get your, get your junk out of it mm -hmm. so that they're not having to filter through that again. Um, so, yeah, take your time when yeah. you get a word. So, yeah. bottom line is just to learn when to stop talking. Um, one practice that I've always done, especially if I'm typing something in a text, is I always, I always put quotes. If, I, if yeah. in my mind I say, this is what the Lord said in quotes, and I always make it clear, and this is what I think that was, or and this is my thoughts on that. I, for me personally, it's just my practice, just so people never get confused of what is of the Lord and what isn't. So, or I'm always quick to say, I'm not sure what this means, so you pray about it. Yeah, that the, the um, you're knowing the maturity of the person that you're bringing bring the word to, and knowing your own maturity too, and yeah. your own track record is really important. Like, there's a family 
Um, and I think it's good that we share kind of how this plays out in our own lives. It'll kind of help you guys to be able to, if you're wanting to grow in this, to be able to get some ideas of ways to stir this on um, in your life. For me, I, I when I'm having my quiet time um, at night, I, I'll know God wants to give a word to somebody. Um, that's when I'm the most prophetic is um, I'll, I'll get a, a burden for someone. There was a fa- I'll give you an example. There was, there's a family that almost every time they go on vacation, I, I know God's going to give me a word for them. Um, to It's like a, a gift, for, like a travel gift for them. And, you know, when you're on vacation, it's like time when you're away from your routine, you're praying about stuff anyways. And so... Um, it's like clockwork. Every time they go on vacation, I just know, okay, there'll be, there's going to be a night where I'm going to go, oh, God's got a word for them. And so what I'll do is I'll, okay, God, I'm ready to receive this word from you, whatever it is. And I'll usually get a picture in my head. And then as I go to start typing out the interpretation, I like to type it out because then I can look through and see if I got on it. Like if any, any of David got on this word, you know, I can kind of filter it that way. Um, and then like Becky said, to be able to use language of, this is what I saw. This is what I feel like God's saying. Like, not thus saith the Lord, but this is what I feel like God's saying. And this is what I feel like God's saying to do with that. And you submit that all to, you know, obviously, please let me know if this doesn't, you know, translate or yeah. resonate with you. Yeah. Hey, before you go into authority, mm-hmm. since this is actually a really great segue into the next section, I'm going to go ahead and jump into um, the reasons that we express in order to benefit others. It's really important that when you are communicating what you've heard, seen, perceived, or been you know, given by God, is that you're really clear in giving that word. Uh, no one's going to benefit from prophetic revelation if it's expressed in a really unclear way. We want to strive to express to the person in a way that they can understand it without putting too much of ourselves into it. So it doesn't mean that we change what we received, but you want to communicate exactly what you saw, what you heard, what you perceived. You want to communicate it as exactly as you can. You know, and then afterwards you may feel the need to elaborate. Um, and, and that's not to say that you can never elaborate, but when you do elaborate, you want to be clear, like Becky was saying or like David was saying you want to say, this is this part's me. This is me elaborating, or this is me um, adding on extra to what I've seen so that maybe I can communicate it to you better, but make sure that you put that line in the sand so that, like I think it was Katie said, that that's not an additional thing that they have to filter through that maybe doesn't line up with the word. Um, and then I think we, we can all hit on this so many times, like practice the art of stopping. Just stop while you're ahead, right? Um, you don't have to. And then uh, I love that Becky said this already because I think we've all, I mean, I know I've done it or I've been tempted to do it. You know, as we grow in this and we practice in that, I think we've all kind of fell victim to the desire to keep going until you get that reaction. You know, the word of God's not going to be validated or invalidated based on a human reaction ever. It's not up to the human reaction to validate the word. The word is God's word. And so really resist that urge to keep pushing until you get what you think. Maybe, they, maybe I didn't hit it quite yet. Maybe God's word fell short. And if I just keep going and going and going, then maybe I'll get to the point of what I was trying to say. That's not what God's calling you If you find you yourself in that practice of waiting for the reaction, right. start writing your words down and just giving them to people. Right. So that you know, like, it's not about me and your reactions between you and Jesus. Right. Yeah. And, and some people will be highly reactive and you, there's going to be tears and they're going to tell you right away it meant something to them. And then other people are going to need to, just based on how they perceive and commune with God, it's going to take them time to pull back. Yeah. 
test the word, and then they may come back to you days later, or maybe even weeks later, if, if at all. You know, hopefully they do come back and say, you know, say, hey, I tested that word, and it was either good or it wasn't good. But um, not everyone's going to respond the same way. So if you're, if, you know, if you're basis on whether or not you're, you're hitting it or swinging and missing is based on human reaction, then you're going to be disappointed a lot because not everyone's going to give you this visceral reaction every time. Um, the crying people are the best. <laughs> well, if you want confirmation. It's, it's so much better when you cry. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, but like I, I was, I, I've learned you can be wrong and people can cry. Yeah. And right, you can be true. right and people can give you like a stank face, you know? And so it's just not a good metric so you shouldn't just you should just shouldn't concern yourself with like people's reaction right and also to understand that elaborating and inter interpretation are also two different things so you may even you know, god may give you an interpretation but like we talked about earlier he may not and if you do feel yourself you know being prompted to start interpreting make sure you're clarifying that this isn't the part of the word god gave me this is me interpreting and let god and that person commune together over what you've said. That's where most of the work of the word is gonna happen is between God and that person. We'll talk a little bit more about being a bridge, but that's the important part. You're just delivering, right? And then, um, do you, anyone have anything that wanna add on that before you jump into wisdom, David? No. All right, let's go to, back to wisdom. Um, we, there's some, we're, I'm gonna give you some safeguards here, some things to kind of avoid. Now this isn't um, uh, black and white, I'm not saying God's not going to give you words that fall into these categories. It's just, uh, you know, continue at your own risk with these. Um, there, here's four things to avoid prophesying or just to be very careful prophesying. Um, exact dates, you know, like this is going to happen on this day. Um, uh, spouses, hey, you're going to marry this person. Um, because that could just get weird. Um, serious change of direction. Um and uh, babies, having a baby, what that baby is. And here's why you should just be careful. Because, um, you know, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. And uh, let's say that uh, you end up being wrong and you just missed it. You know, we all miss it sometimes. But now, later on, God wants to give you another word to deliver that to that person. And you go to that person. Well, now they don't trust you. Right. And so, because you missed it. And it's also, you know... I'm wary of people that give really public words, you know, on YouTube and stuff about like specific things because there's accountability there. Right. And like, if you miss it on a public level like that, there should be some questions that get asked and we should be as a church, be weary of people like that. And so, um, like you just want to be careful, you know, I'm not saying God will, won't give you things like that, but more than likely he's going to give you those things for your friends. Right. Um, not strangers. Well, and spouses and children can be really really sensitive topics yeah. uh, and that can create a wound if you're not careful and you're not delivering it appropriately. Right. Um, next thing is authority. Uh, God operates in authority. That's how he does everything in the kingdom is he does it through authority. Um, and it, you know, it goes Jesus and then it goes, um, uh, you know, for our church, it goes Jesus, it goes pastor Josh, pastor Sarah, the elders, and then it goes to our staff and then it goes to our team leads. There's, there's an authority that takes place. That's why, um, here, you know, we're not just going to let anyone come up and give a prophetic word. Like for instance, at worship nights, when we operate in the prophetic quite frequently, there's some people that have green lights. Um, and anyone else that might feel like they've got a word, like goes, like there's a person that they go to and, and pastor Josh and Sarah will green light that or not. 
um, because they're responsible for what takes place on this platform. Um, and so that, that, that's with anything, you know, if you're going to, uh, prophesy in your small group, like you should ask your small group leader. I'll give you an example of this. We were in a, on Mondays, uh, our staff gets together and we pray, we pray for our church, we pray for things. And we were praying, uh, this Monday and I felt like I had a word for the team. Well, I walked over to pastor Josh and I said, Hey, pastor Josh, I feel like I've got a word for the team. This is what it is. Can I share this? And he gave me the green light. And so there, there's, there's my, there's my root of authority and I've operated this, um, the, the, the right way that that's there to protect you. Um, that's not there to limit you. Um, that's there because your leader's going to be able, he doesn't have, they don't have any skin in the game. So if you're off, like they're going to be able to tell you and be able to kind of protect you with that. Um, and then also authority and permission are really important. So, you know, I, like, like we talked about before, uh, previously, I've got certain friends that I have less of a filter on and I'll just, Hey, I feel like God told, told me this about you or, or told, you know, does this resonate? Um, and I've got permission. Jared and I have that Jackson and I have that Casey and I have that, um, there, if I'm going to give a word to somebody I don't know, don't know very well, I'm going to ask permission before I share it. So like I've been out, you know, at target before and I felt like God gave me a word for someone and I walk up to them and I go, Hey, um, I'm sorry, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I feel like God shared something with me. You know, you don't want to get religious and weird. God gave me a prophecy for you. May I share it? That's going to weird somebody out. But you want to be as clear as possible with, I feel like God spoke to me of something for you. Can I share that with you? And they might say no, and that's fine. Um, but they, what you've done is you've, you've given them the opportunity to give you permission. And that's the authority to then come in and go, I feel like this is what God's saying. Um, so authority is really important. Um, and then uh, honor and submitting to authority, the authority of the Holy Spirit, the authority of the people uh, that are over you. Um, I'm going to read the scripture, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. This is our heart with all of the gifts of the Spirit. Yep. It's not about me. Like it's not about That's me. Good. These gifts don't exist to make me feel more spiritual. These gifts don't exist to be a little checkpoint as far as my, my growth and my track with God. That's like good. These gifts exist to serve other people. And so we have to have this heart and that's a heart of love. You know, it talks about, Paul talks about if you do this without love, you're like a clanging symbol. You know, if you're giving prophecies and, and giving words, but you don't have a love and a burden for people, like you are a clanging symbol. You're just bang, 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 bang. But with love, when you have this love, that stuff gets communicated through, you know, I have a burden for, for this person. I have a burden for people and it's going to pursue, it's going to push you to pursue the gifts in a different way because you're going to go, man, I just love people so much and I want to help connect them to God. And so that, that verse is really good. If Jesus was willing to humble himself and making him make himself nothing to serve other people, then that's our heart and approach as followers of Jesus. We follow Jesus to our knees to serve other people. Absolutely. So, uh, one thing you might be asking yourself now is, okay, so how do I facilitate giving a word? You know, how do I do that? So, we see in 1 Peter 4.10 that operating the prophetic should be a spiritual exchange between God and the recipient, which we are facilitating as good stewards of God's grace. So like David just said, if I could sum this up in four words, it's, it's not about you. Uh, prophecy at its heart 
reveals Jesus, not your spiritual maturity. He can use anyone, yeah. and he does use anyone. Yeah. So humility is the purest path to operating in the, in the prophetic, okay? Uh, we do this by creating an atmosphere or an environment that allows the Holy Spirit to touch someone's life by allowing the recipient to be able to encounter God not being distracted by us. Yeah. So this is approaching them, asking, can I, you know, I feel like I have a word for you. Do you feel comfortable? Can I give that to you? If they say yes, you exchange it clearly, you communicate clearly, and then you let them take that to God. Our, our role is a bridge. Yeah. We become like a bridge and it allows us, it allows God and that other person to access one another. It's kind of like uh, the, the picture we talk about a lot of times uh, with our staff is it's like taking the hand of God and taking the hand of the person and bringing those hands together uh, and connecting them. It's not, and then we remove ourselves from the equation. It's not about us. Uh, of course, God can use that person to minister, you know, he can speak directly to them, but he chooses to use other people as a way to grow us in faith, to grow us in maturity, um, and to show us the connections that we have. Uh, we serve a God, we, uh, we serve God and man. So allowing ourselves to be a bridge, that's a privilege. Yeah. So you want to, you want to steward that really well. Like David said, don't be awkward about it. Um, this often makes God more tangible to other people. When we receive a word that we shouldn't understand or have any knowledge of, it really sh gives people a window into God's love for them. Yeah. If, God, if someone comes to me and said, like, hey, I feel like God showed me this about you, it reminds me that God sees me as an individual, yeah. like so personally, that he took the time to prompt somebody else to come to me and then they, they operated in obedience and then shared that with me. It reminds me more than just, well, scripture says God loves me. This is love in action. This is God taking time out of, you know, the infinite responsibility that he has as God to speak personally to me through somebody else. And so uh, it's faith building for us and it's faith building for them too. So we op when we operate in this capacity, we're not only growing our own faith, but we're growing the faith of those that are uh, being ministered to. Yeah. Do you want to talk about being loved? Yeah. Um, like David said, if you approach someone and say, God said this about you to me, and it's a stranger, and they're like, oh God, I've God's been afraid been of God my whole life. what that sounds like. <laughs> yes, and like, God really is scary. Um, he's using weirdos to talk to me at Walmart. You know, like, I've never been called a weirdo. I mean, is it just you, Katie? I might not think that's weird, but um, if you don't approach people in love and humility, they are not going to receive you, and they are not going to receive the Absolutely. Jesus in you. You need to look and sound and feel like Jesus to somebody to speak on God's behalf. Right. Um, because people have walls up with God. And so how much more are they going to have their walls up with you? Um, I want to read this verse in, um, in Mark 10, 21. Jesus is um, ministering. And this man, he's, he says, um, what am I supposed to do? Jesus says, keep all the laws. And the guy says, teacher, all of these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Um, the guy was super bummed. That's not what he wanted to do. But um, Jesus stopped and he loved him. Um, and I believe that that speaks to Jesus' relationship with the Father because Jesus points to the Father. He said, I don't say or do anything I didn't hear from my Father. And so I believe in that moment Jesus checked in with the Father. Okay, Father... What do you see in this guy? What does he need you to say to him? Because it says Jesus stopped and he loved him. 
And that was the expression of his love was here's what you need to hear from God right now. And Jesus prophesied over this guy and ruined everything he thought he knew, ruined his religion. He's like, no, no, I thought I was supposed to keep the laws. And you're saying something totally different by being by operating prophetically, Jesus tapped into God's heart for this guy, um, and it totally wrecked him. But without Jesus stopping to love him, that guy would not have known how personal God was and that there was something deeper and more intimate just for him to hear that day. He would have left going, yeah, I know all the rules. I know the Ten Commandments. Um, but Jesus stopped, and he loved on this guy um, and gave him the heart of God for him specifically. Um, when you are known and loved by God, you begin to receive the revelation of his heart for his people. Um, you're not going to be able to love people very well if you don't let God love you really well. Um, like really well. Like so well that he trusts you with secrets. So well that he wants you to know what he thinks about people. Um, I'm not just talking about what the scripture says that we can say good things about people to people. I'm talking about like the heart of God for somebody's future, the heart of God for somebody's baby, um, the heart of God for somebody where they're supposed to live, where they're supposed to move. Um, those are the secrets of God's heart and he's going to entrust you with those things when you are raw with him in secret, not in front of anybody else. You build that relationship away from microphones and away from public. You build that intimacy with the Lord, and then he's going to start to share things with you, and you're going to start to overflow with his heart for people everywhere that you go. Sometimes I walk through Walmart, and I'm like, I can't get to everybody, and I just want to <laughs> tell them all, Jesus loves you so much. Um, and, but that comes from just, you just pray for people. You pray. That's why you order your groceries. <laughs> Um, it requires the highest priority of your own relationship with God to walk prophetically. It requires humility. Jesus will download his deep love for his people to you. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. That's Romans 12, 9. Um, you can start edifying people and building up the body today. This is something available for all of us. And we are going to have an altar call if you want to receive Holy Spirit. Do you have something? No, I just was going to ask, like, what are some, we got like three minutes left. Yeah. The, the altar call is at the end after we dismiss, right? So um, how would somebody practice? Like, where, where's a good place to start? Your small group. Small Plug, group. Get in a small group. Um, yep. Sundays are great. Spouse. How much do you get to talk to anybody on a Sunday morning? Seven minutes. Um, that's not enough. So get in a small group and practice there. Say, okay, in your small group, if you're not praying, tell your small group leader that you should be praying. Um, we're going to pray for each other, and then we're going to wait. Tell your small group we should have small group. Tell your small group leader, <laughs> I, oh. wanna, I would like mm. to pray for each other. I think there's, that was an edifying <laughs> yeah, word right edify there. Edify each other. Um, pray, pray in your small groups for each other. Pray for your church. And then a good way to practice prophecy is write, pray, be quiet, and write something down. And then look it up in the word. Right. Did I just receive a scripture that I knew from when I was seven? Did the Lord just speak to me something I've never heard before? Um, spend time in your prayer closet. Be quiet. Listen. And then write down what you hear in your heart. Um, read the word of God and then be really quiet and listen and then write it down. Um, so that's how I would practice. Becky, you said something really good too. Asking for words for your spouse. Yeah. yeah. And then sharing those. 
Yep. And one fun thing I did last night, which we'd never done, we were at the dinner table with the kids, and I had had a dream um, of Daniel, and he it was a, like a vision of encouragement for him. And instead of just telling him directly, I told him by telling our whole family and like getting our kids involved in it. And so they got to see mom giving a word to dad and just trying to make those things really natural that's within the so family. That's so good, Becky. Yeah, that's I think awesome. too um, seeking mentorship from somebody who you've seen operate in the gift in a really healthy way. Or um, if you have friends that you feel like you can be vulnerable with and say, like, like you were saying, uh, Katie and Becky have a relationship where they can sort of practice and say, hey, this is me just practicing. I'm trying to get better in this. I'm, Don't I'm practice at Walmart. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> practice in safe spaces. Um, always go back and test the words and then confirm or yeah. rebuke that word with those people. Uh, it is a thing you have to practice yeah. getting better at, and that's totally okay. And then I know you, you had said, you, I wrote this down for you to say, but um, just don't be weird about it. Yeah. Uh, and then also, you can't end tonight saying, okay, I'm totally, I mean, you can operate in this today, but you can't stop learning about it today. You need to continue to pursue this, whether that's through additional books, additional resources, the, the word itself, communing with God, this 90-minute class isn't enough to be fully, completely ready to go out the door uh, teaching on this and preaching on this and, and operating it fully. You can totally be activated in this, and I believe God did activate. You know, there's going to be people who are walking out of here more empowered than they ever have been before, uh, but you don't get to stop learning about it today. Yep. They spend time with the Spirit. Pursue yeah. the Spirit, and the gifts, His gifts will follow. Like, don't, don't um, make it about something that it's not like right. make it about going to the Lord and going, God, I just want you like, that's all I want. I want you like God's been stirring that in me lately. Of like, God, I just want you, even if you don't do anything else through me, I just want you like you're enough for me, Lord. And, and when you get that friendship with the spirit, right, the Holy spirit, the person, the Holy spirit, right. The gifts are going to follow because they're his gifts anyways. Yeah. So those gifts are going to follow. And then I love that you said, just write it down. You, you know, you can practice this stuff even with yourself. You can get words for yourself. You know that? I know we talked about it. You can totally get words for yourself. Um, and that's a great place to practice because then you know if it, you can test it for yourself. And like David said, when he opened, God has as many thoughts about you as they outnumber the right. grains of sand. So just ask him for some of those and write them down. Absolutely. Um, yeah, start practicing on you. That's a really safe place. Yeah. If, do you have a question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, just so that we can hear this on the recording, what was said was, if you're imperfect, don't stop. Absolutely. We, we, anyone up here ever not get no, it? No, and being prophetic is not, this is so cheesy. Yeah. It's not a destination. <laughs> it's a journey. Yeah. Okay, Jesus is a journey. Okay, heaven is a destination. Jesus. Put is that a on person. your bumper sticker. Yeah. But I, I can tell journey. you, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, everyone up here has gotten it wrong mm -hmm. before. Um, that's the faith part. Is it's that his hundred percent track record. Mm, talk to David about, about that. Hey, I have a word view. No. Uh, okay. So if you'd like to be activated, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, um, we'll be up here when this is over. Please go get your kids yes. um, and then come back if you need to. Um, but that is your first step. If that's never happened. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. This pray is, over them? We're we going to pray really quick and then we'll do altar ministry. And then while we're doing, as soon as prayer is over with um, and altar ministry is going on, if you are already filled with the Holy Spirit and you don't need that, please go pick up your kids. And don't forget to thank those child care workers. They're not paid to be here. They're volunteering their time to love on your kiddos so that you can be here tonight learning about this. So don't forget to thank them. Okay, yeah. you want to go ahead and pray us out? Yeah, I'm going to pray for us. Would you guys just put your hands out? Um, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have ministered tonight to people right where we are. God, I thank you that there are seeds planted in this room tonight, God, that um, will go down deep, Father God, that they will take deep root, Lord, and that people begin to see the fruit in their lives, in their relationships, Jesus. I thank you, God, that in this room right now there are prophets, evangelists, teachers, there are ministers of the gospel. God, um, everyone in this room is anointed to set the captives free and to, to bind up the brokenhearted. I thank you that as they go out tonight, Father God, they walk differently, they walk confident that you speak, Father God, that you minister and that they are capable of being the hands and the feet of Jesus in any room, in any place, in their home, in Walmart, in their church, I thank you, Father God, that hunger and passion are stirred up tonight for your voice and for your word. Jesus, let us be a church who is hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Lord, reveal yourself to us deeper and deeper and deeper. God, help us not to settle for one class. Help us to pursue the heart of God above everything else. Lord, we desire you, Jesus. I thank you that you reveal yourself as the person, as the friend, as the helper, as the comforter, as the spirit of truth to each one of us in a greater capacity. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So go get your kids if you want ministry, if you want to come. It doesn't have to be to receive, um, to receive the Holy Spirit if you want to be ministered to at all. Um, we'll come be right, right down here. Yeah.